received your instructions. Touch cards if you like. Let's fight. Welcome, Welcome to Cam Blue's Bout Business MMA Podcast. <laughs> Lou Finicaro. Boom! A production of GreenRollMedia.com, the world's premier sports betting podcast network, rooted in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. 100%! Now, it's fight weekend, and it is time to touch gloves with the most decorated mixed martial arts betting analyst in the business. He's your host of our main event. You ready? Bring it on! Come on! Come on. And he's all about business. Lou Finacaro. Welcome, fight enthusiasts, to UFC Las Vegas 63 edition of Gamblu's Bout Business Podcast. We can't begin any reasonable approach to profit concerning the fight game without first thanking the many fight enthusiasts, fight passionates that we have that tune into our podcast each week. 14 different countries worth of fight passionates out there is totally flattering. Tell your friends, we really appreciate it. Now let's get right into business. And you know what, doggone it? I wish I could determine which fight cards I did well in. Because surely 280 would have been one that I would have really liked to have done well in. However, it's hard to do well when you shoot yourself in the foot. Losing the Oliveira bet, no problem. I, I, I take him every day. Losing the Brady bet, we had the wrong kid, no problem. However, our mistake, not our mistake, my mistake came from releasing Dariush from my gut and then allowing myself from a trusted resource to be talked out of it. Okay, so I get talked out of it, I buy out with Gamrot, and then we leave it alone. And in this podcast, I mentioned that I didn't then want to come back on the other side to cost me, and the jinx hit me. Fight enthusiasts and gamblers out there, if you make a position and it's wrong, 99% of the time I live with it. In this case, I didn't. To take it down should be the last action. Never, ever come back with the other side. I'm telling you, the results will be similar to what I just displayed. So after that absolute puke performance last week, let's turn the page and do better this week. However, we got to review numbers. Last week was a losing effort. We blow two and a half, 2.2 units rather, and that's including the 20 cents that we spent not only to get out of the Gamrat Dariush bet, but then the buck we lose on them. So we're just going to have to get rid of that one. Seven events remain in the year. We're sitting at 96 and 110 minus 1.2 unit. After three quarters of a year of work, there's a lot of ways to look at it. Here's how I look at it. The yearly profit for the Bout Business podcast is going to be decided in the next seven events. I couldn't be more excited about that. Just like a thoroughbred Irish racehorse in a mile and a half race, his best kick is the last quarter. So too have I always prided myself on finishing a UFC year strong. 
Seven events remain, starting with this one. Let's move right in to round one. Round one, absolute schizophrenic line movement here in a heavyweight tussle between 43-year-old Russian, really Belarus, Andrei Arlovsky, a guy 34 and 20 in his professional career, stepping in against a Brazilian, 37-year-old Marcos Rogério de Lima. Interesting fight as de Lima opens up minus 125. Currently, we're looking at Rogério de Lima minus 245. They steamed Rogério de Lima. And as I assess this fight, I see that Rogério de Lima's level of competition has been okay. Losing to Blagov Ivanov is nothing to write home about. What de Lima has is profuse power and unbelievable explosion. But if you can make him weather his storm, you can make him force his way out and puke his energy out in five minutes. The guy's out of juice. He used to fight at a lower weight class. Now he's relegated to the heavyweights where uh, today he sauntered onto the scale at 260. So gas is not his thing but about four minutes of power, explosion, and athleticism are his thing. Now, we got Arlovsky on the other side, 43 years old, but winner of his last four. Now, the caliber of those last four fighters, probably no greater than Ivanov that beat DeLima last out. Both these guys train at AT&T, so there has to be some semblance of understanding of each other there. Again, DeLima opens minus 125. He's minus 245. Arlovsky, with a win here, ties Jim Miller for most UFC victories ever. No one can tell me that we're not going to get the absolute best out of Andre Arlovsky, although he's 43 years old. And 43 for a heavyweight isn't out of the question, but it is aged. We got a couple plays in this fight. The first one is taking Andre Arlovsky plus 215 for a half a unit. Further, when we look at the totals here, two and a half rounds over minus 135. Now, most of the marketplace believes Rogerio de Lima going to knock Arlovsky out and walk away, and we won't even get to the second round. I disagree. Two and a half rounds over minus 135 seems an interesting proposition to me, and we'll take that. That'll be a one-unit bet. And we're also going to go down, and we're not done with Arlovsky either. Fight goes to decision, minus 120. I, I think this thing, if Arlovsky can take it to the second round, this thing's going to be a slow dance at prom night, and it's going to decision. So round one, three positions. Arlovsky plus 215 for a half a unit. Arlovsky via decision plus 300, half a unit. Fight to go over two and a half rounds, one unit to win 0.74 unit. Now let's move into round two. Round two, a fight released via Twitter early in the week. And for once, and maybe it's a good thing, I get the worst of this one. Josh Fremd, 28-year-old middleweight, fighting Treshawn Gore, 28-year-old middleweight. 
Friend opens minus 170, ticked up to 180, and I thought it was going to continue to go up. That's when I jumped in. Friend minus 180. Today, this line is friend minus 155, gore plus 135. There's some gore love out there. And really, I can understand where it comes from. The kid's passionate in his fight interviews. He was uh, getting very emotional. He's centered. He comes from a really dirt poor background. There's so much to like about the kid. He's a faith-based kid, but he hasn't had any roots. He hasn't been able to plant at a camp. He's been blowing with the wind. And really in this fight, my position for Fremd is as much a fade on Gore as it is a vote or a bet on Fremd. Now Fremd is four inches taller. Though they're the same age, he's going to have a two-inch reach advantage. So he's going to be a larger size. But I think it's the stability of his gym against the instability that the young man Gore has not been able to realize that forces me to consider Fremd. Now, also, these two were supposed to fight sometime earlier. Fremd had to pull out for injury. So who stepped in but Fremd's teammate, Cody Brundage, to fight Gore? There's plenty of information being exchanged. Fremd has no excuses in this fight. Currently minus 155. Round two, Josh Fremd minus 155. Although for accounting purposes, I will be using my minus 180 released earlier in the week for round two. Now let's move into round three. Before we get to round three, couple futures. Brief and quickly, UFC... 281 takes place November 11th. Claudio Puelas fighting Dan the Hangman Hooker. Take Puelas plus 140. I'm using bet online numbers. That is a book that has numbers and has these prices. Future number one for UFC 281, 1111. Claudio Puelas plus 140. Get that before it goes down because it is going down. Then the next one, again, the same bet online resource. UFC 282 takes place December 9th. Darren the Shill Till against South African Driscus Duplessis. I'll break each of these fights down as we get closer in review. 281, Claudio Puelas plus 140. Duplessis opened minus 120. Today, he's minus 130. We're taking that price because by the time he and Till fight, I think Duplessis will be closer to 160. Now let's move into round three. Round three is our parlay, and here's where we're going to start. Heavyweights. This is the main slate now, and we got Jared Vandera against Cortez Acosta. The Dominican debuter. Listen, to me, everything I can see about this fight is kind of a setup. Vandera, really not the sharpest knife in the drawer, and that isn't a prerequisite to being a good MMA fighter, but his interviews displayed an oddity that made me a little uncomfortable. He's just switched gyms from a gym that had some big heavyweights, and sometimes gym changes can be good, but Sometimes not. Going to King's MMA with a lot of great fighters, but no heavyweights. 
Vander has lost his last four, and losing to Romanov is nothing to be ashamed of. However, after that, Arlovsky, nothing to be ashamed of there. But Olienek, 46-year-old sub, singularly dimensioned fighter, that's not a good loss. And then beyond that, Chase Sherman. Really, really four in a row going down in competition and going down in performance. Cortez Acosta enters this thing with momentum, power, and off the contender series. I believe that this is going to be a one-sided fight. and We're going to use Cortez Acosta minus 195 on the first side of the parlay. And we're going to team him with tomorrow's fighter in the co-main event, Max Payne Griffin. How about a couple of fighters? Tim the Dirty Bird Means against Max Payne Griffin. This is going to be an outstanding fight. Elbows, knees, blood, grit, grime. Two veterans, Means 38, Griffin 36. But they're kind of going in different ways. Means is losing some of his explosion, some of his staying ability, some of his cardio. Max Payne Griffin's going the other way. He's having a little bit of a late career resurgence. And I really think Griffin's in a great position in a fight that's going to resemble a mosh pit here, especially coming off a loss to Magny that everyone that watched thought Griffin won. So round three parlay, Cortez Acosta, currently minus 195, teamed with Griffin, in the co-main event, minus 190. One unit of measure invested in the parlay brings back 1.31 profit. Now let's move into round four. Round four, main event. Should be an awesome fight. Featherweights often get overlooked. Calvin Cater, the warhorse, Boston Strong versus Arnold Allen, a ship in from England, 18 and one. A real clash in style here. Here's Cater, a true warrior. Gonna be three inches taller, two inch reach advantage, huge experience advantage. He's fought the elite of the division, firmly planted as a top five fighter in the featherweights. However, in this fight, Cater will be six years the older man and in fights, when there's a better than four year age difference, the younger man goes on to win 64% of the time. So there's an age advantage that Cater's going to have to overcome as well. He's going to have to prove to me that in his last four fights, all five round wars, that he hasn't accrued too much damage and his skills, quickness, sharpness, power haven't begun to wane. The Cater side, we love the experience, the size, the warrior that he is, but I wonder if any of the skills are waning because they know if they aren't, they're about to, period. On the Arnold Allen side, we have a fighter much less active. I think in the last nine fights, it's taken him seven years to have nine fights, just over one fight a year, much less active. Hasn't been in with the same kind of competition. He has a great win over Sudik Yusuf two fights back. It was a decision. Allen, though, showed power in his last against Dan Hooker, may not have the power that everyone believes that he has or that that fight showed. Because remember, in that last fight against Hooker, 
Hooker was moving from 155 down to 145, and he sucked himself dry, had nothing for the fight, as can be experienced by the fact that Hooker is fighting in a couple of weeks against our boy Puelas. That's back at 155. So the way I look at this fight, Cater, the old warrior, the stronger competition, but maybe the more deliberate, slower fighter at this point. Allen comes in firing fresh, hungry to make a name for himself, but stepping up in class. I go back and forth on this fight. This one opened Cater a slight favorite, minus 120. Now you look at it, Allen's a slight favorite, minus 120. But we're not going to go to a side here. What I do like is that this fight goes to decision is lined at minus 130. That's exactly where I think we're going here. I think Allen has the speed and quickness to cause Cater dynamic difficulties in the cage for all five rounds. But I don't know that he's got the power to take Cater out if Cater's not been out by some other guys with more power than Allen has displayed. Meanwhile, Cater does have a little more power and he's more deliberate, but I just don't know if the snap's still there. And I look for Allen to show well at his first opportunity at international potential stardom. So, round four, fight goes to decision, minus 130, one unit to win 0.77. Four rounds, we have about five and a half units of wager invested. Let's win a couple units and check back next week for the Bout Business Podcast. Thank you for listening, and good luck to everyone. Locked into Gamblue's Bout Business MMA podcast featuring Lou Finicaro. Hit our subscribe button and never miss out on Lou's behind the scenes access to the world of MMA. Of all the superlatives. Oh, hand is ridiculous. Oh my goodness. Bam! The legs go. I mean, that is clean. Want the best sports betting podcast on the board? Look no further than GreenRollMedia.com each and every weekend. GreenRoll's covering the NFL, college football, and MMA better than anyone. Bringing you behind the counter of the most well-renowned sports books in Las Vegas. That's GreenRollMedia.com. GreenRollMedia.com. Home of the world's premier sports betting podcast network.